Hello, and welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. I'm Bruce Edwards. This week, how a widening gap between rich and poor slows economic growth. If the income share of the top 20%, so this is the rich, increases by one percentage point, the benefits do not trickle down. Income inequality, with levels in advanced economies higher than they've been in decades, has become a hotly debated issue. Some argue the engines of growth are fueled by the rich, as that money eventually makes its way into the hands of the poor and middle class. But a new study published by IMF staff suggests otherwise. The paper, entitled Causes and Consequences of Income Inequality, a Global Perspective, was written by five economists in the IMF's Strategy, Policy and Review Department. I spoke with two of the authors. Okay. Uh, My name is Kalpana Kocha. Uh, This work was done when I was Deputy Director in the Strategy, Policy and Review Department. I'm Ira Dabla-Norris. I'm a Deputy Chief in the Strategy, Policy and Review Department. Great. So maybe I can just start by asking you, uh, what is the link between inequality and uh, economic development? Um, You know, inequality, as you know, is one of the defining issues of our time. And it's something that many policymakers literally all around the world are concerned about. It can concentrate political and decision-making power in the hands of a few, of the wealthy. So there is an equity, there's, there's, a, there's an issue of fairness and justice that seems to drive a lot of this uh, concern with inequality. But from our point of view, inequality has significant implications for growth and for development and for macroeconomic stability. And that's something that's come out of the work of the, uh, of the IMF in the past few years, including uh, in this paper. In fact... Interestingly, we, we, we found in this uh, empirical analysis that covered over 150 countries around the world is that the relationship between growth and inequality is an important one. And this is in line with other findings at the, at the IMF. Um, higher inequality leads to lower growth and it, it leads to lower sustainability of growth. What's different about our study is that we looked at where in the distribution does it matter the most? And we, we found something very interesting. If the income share of the top 20%, so this is the rich, increases by one percentage point, GDP growth is actually lower. In other words, the benefits do not trickle down. That actually hurts economic growth, overall economic growth. But on the other hand, a similar increase in the income share of the bottom 20%, so this is the poor, the lower middle class, this is associated with around a 0.4 percentage points increase uh, in growth uh, over the next five years. So what that means is that a higher income share of the poor in the middle class makes good economic sense. So what you're saying is that the engines of growth actually lie in the hands of of the uh, poor and the middle class as their incomes increase. Is that correct? I mean, and some of the channels through which that happens is, you know, first of all, the poor and the middle class tend to have a higher, what what's called the margin, a propensity to consume. In other words, they tend to consume more out of their incomes and that, you know, by itself contributes to growth. In contrast, very rich people tend to save. I mean, they save a lot of their income. So it doesn't sort of contribute directly to growth. The other channel, of course, is that, uh, you know, the poor would then be, have the ability to invest in education and their own health, 
And exactly. From a, from a longer-term perspective, and this is a debate that's ongoing within the United States as well and many other countries, um, social mobility is associated with people's ability to invest in education, uh, social and economic mobility. And limiting these opportunities for the, for, for the poor or uh, the lower middle class to move up obviously has consequences for their incomes in the future. So, so inequality isn't necessarily all about money. It's it's also about opportunities and access to services. Actually, it's it's income is an outcome variable. So when we look at income and we focus on wealth, uh, these are outcome variables. What's underpinning this are unequal opportunities that we observe. And this could be, as you correctly pointed out, in, in education, in health, in access to finance. And these types of inequities tend to be much more pervasive in emerging market and developing countries um, uh, than, than, than in uh, advanced economies. But the uh, report also suggests that um, inequality is decreasing in some, in some regions, uh, like Latin America, for example. Yeah. So what we see uh, almost across the board uh, inequality has risen, uh, uh, except with the exception of some countries in Latin America. So the question is, why has that? By the way, the countries in Latin America where inequality has declined, the level is still very high. So it's still very unequal. It's just come down over time. And there are, I think, a couple of reasons for why it's happened in those cases. One is that these countries, because they suffered such high inequality for such a long time, have done better in doing redistribution uh, through social policies, through income transfers and those sorts of things. So that's helped narrow the gap. Um, some of this narrowing is also because the wage premium, so usually you have a big premium between those that have skills and those that don't have skills. And in Latin America, that skill premium has actually narrowed. We're not exactly sure why. In most of the other countries, there are a number of, the paper goes through a number of reasons uh, that inequality has widened across the world. So these include things like the decline in unionization rates and labor so markets. Changes in labor market institutions, globalization, for instance, um, increased trade. These have all sort of pushed up the skill premium in many emerging market and advanced uh, economies. So, so the, the skill set that you just mentioned seems to be a, a pretty significant factor in, in terms of the middle class finding work these days with the changing job market. Uh, how does the technology uh, play in, in inequality in various countries? So, so we don't, I don't think we want to leave anyone with the impression that you know, globalization and technological change are in any way uh, negative or undesirable. They are, first of all, they're happening, whether, whether anyone likes it or not. But in general, they have been a force for good in the sense that most countries have actually benefited from being from joining uh, the global economy and and with it adapting and adopting new technologies. The problem is that that globalization and technological progress have changed the nature of jobs that people have. So being prepared for the jobs of you know yesterday or two decades ago is just not good enough. And I think what's happened is that um, uh, education systems, uh, access to education, et cetera, have not kept pace with what is required in a much more global and technologically advanced world. But it seems that, that, that there would be like an entire generation or almost an entire generation of people who are sort of stuck there who, you know, they're 40 and 50-year-olds that aren't necessarily going to go back to school. and. 
find the skills for and, new and jobs. And this story, so this story varies across uh, countries. So yeah. it's much more prevalent in advanced economies um, than in a, a lot of emerging market right. and developing uh, economies. It just has to do with the nature of jobs, the nature of technological change, how uh, this technological change has been diffused across um, economies. But there's a general pattern that technological changes have resulted in some jobs, become in, in many jobs, becoming op- obsolete. So as, as Kalpana pointed out, this has played a very important role in driving up the skill premium, particularly in, in advanced uh, economies. We're not making any value judgment in terms of whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. Actually, productivity has increased in leaps and bounds because of these technological changes, and, 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 and emerging market and developing countries have benefited as well. So this is really a story about the appropriate types of skills. Yeah. So, so are, are the disparities, uh, you say that this is a more prevalent in advanced economies, are, are the disparities larger in advanced economies than they might be? No. In, in I think the nature of, in, I think what, what we're trying to say is that the nature of inequality is different. So the skills premium, for example, in wages, uh, it's, it's prevalent everywhere. But this, this technological change-driven uh, premium is, is really, you see it exactly as your question implied in advanced economies where you might have a whole generation of people who are educated, but they're educated and have kind of skills that have become obsolete. In developing countries, it's really a very different situation. There, the problem of inequality arises, as as we were saying earlier, largely because of inequality of opportunities. These are poorer countries. Typically, public education and public health systems tend not to be that well um, uh, developed or efficient. Um, you have populations then that then have take you know have to resort to private provision of these services. And then, of course, you know, the rich can afford it and the poor can't. And then it sort of perpetuates. And so there, I think it's much more about access to education, access to health, making sure the financial sector, uh, that poor people have access to finance. Access to finance is actually a very important driver of inequality. Um, Exactly. The lack of access to finance in um, emerging market and developing countries is a very important driver. So, so I mean, given that, you know, currently, uh, as it says in, in the report, that, uh, you know, half of the world's wealth is in the hands of uh, 1% of the population, and it doesn't look like there's any indication that that trend is changing anytime soon, uh, does the paper make any suggestions as to, you know, concrete suggestions as to what should be done to try and sort of better distribute the wealth of the world and, you know, improve the lives of uh, millions of people. Yeah. So let me just say one thing that's actually in the paper, but it's it's borrowed from uh, other work in the fund. First is that what what that work has found is that redistribution, may, policies that, that help redistribution, so taxing the rich more in order to redistribute to the poor, is not bad for growth. And that is something that, that is a, it's an important result because it's a debate that, we've, that has existed in the economics literature for a very long time. Then how do you redistribute it? I mean, then we, we also have lots of work that on, on fiscal policy, that there are, in fact, uh, tax and expenditure policies. As I mentioned to you, uh, the, the narrowing of inequality in, in uh, many Latin American countries is exactly through well-designed tax and transfer policy. So it can be done. 
But there are a number of other policies that the, the report advocates. Um, beyond redistributive policy and strong, more progressive tax systems, we think education policies are key for the reasons that we mentioned. And and the, the thrust of education policies obviously will vary uh, across advanced and, and emerging market uh, countries, but we think education is, is really important to boost productivity and deal with the challenges of, of technological change, globalization. Um, Another very important policy implications paper is having well-designed labor uh, market policies that don't penalize the poor and the middle class. Because in the end, we want to come back to what this conversation started with, which is increasing the income share of the poor and the middle class is actually good for economic growth. So all the policies that, that Kalpana and I have been talking about are policies directed at achieving that goal, which is increasing, raising the income shares uh, of, the, of the poor and the middle class and to ensure that they can contribute uh, to economic growth. That was Kalpana Kocha and Ira Dabla Norris talking about their new study that suggests raising income levels of the poor and middle class can boost overall economic growth. You'll find the full study at imf.org, and you can hear more podcasts like this one at soundcloud.com slash imf-podcasts.